we're coming into the time of, of Pentecost, and, and I feel like the Lord is really wanting to get us uh, in alignment with Him for some things that He's going to want to do. Uh, think about Jesus and, and, and quote-unquote Easter, Passover, uh, and, and Him going to the cross, and then we had that 10-day uh, period where the... The, the 120 were up in the upper room preparing for the day of Pentecost after the 40 days of Jesus walking the earth, bringing it to the total number of 50. And, and so I want you to imagine John at the cross with Jesus dying on the cross. And uh, uh, there is Jesus' mother. And, and all the, the, the things that the disciples and all those who were close to Jesus and then even those who... Uh, had an, a relationship with him, but not as intimate as the others. I want you to imagine what they were thinking and feeling as he died on the cross, and they had no un, a lot, they had no understanding that God was fixing to change a whole season. He was fixing to change and birth forth the the church and bring everything of the Old Testament into a new covenant that was going to bring forth His plan and His will that would see the whole Gentile world be able to be saved, to be born again. It was a season. And so God was having to get them in alignment uh, for a, a new assignment. And so I, that's what I want you to hold in your heart tonight and, and let the Spirit of God talk to you because we, God is wanting to give you and I a divine realignment so we can be in the place for our reassignments. Amen? Uh, I, I was thinking, this is so silly, but I, I was thinking about, you know, uh, most of the time we... When I helped my grandpa, we'd plant potatoes. We'd plant them around uh, my birthday, around Jason's birthday. And uh, if we went out there and we dug them up today, it would be out of season. We would, we would be undoing what uh, we had sowed and planted. And so in the natural, you know, there's so many things that we need to know about to be successful, just to, just to live these lives. And it's all a type and a shadow of how we live in the spiritual. Amen. And so I want you to open up your Bibles to First Chronicles chapter 12. You realize there's a group of people that's in the, uh, the, the family of God uh, that they always had an anointing for the discerning of the times. And being God's children, we're going to look at four points tonight real quickly that you and I can see that that anointing is for us tonight. And God wants us to know times and seasons and he wants us to be in the place uh, where we can be completely productive for him amen so first chronicles chapter 12 i believe it is Let, let's read verse number one and then we'll drop down and read verse number 32 first chronicles chapter 12 verse number one if you're there say amen now these are they that came to david to ziglag while he yet kept himself close because of Saul, the son of Kish, and they were the mighty men, helpers of the war. Now, we'll come back in just a minute, but remember that David is getting ready to come into the season uh, that God's promised him to be king. Now, drop down uh, to verse 32. 1 Chronicles twelve thirty-two, And of the children of Issachar, which were men that had understanding of the times. Say, so he's talking about me. 
Amen. And the, and the, of the children of Issachar, which were men that had understanding of the times to know what Israel, what God's people ought to do. The heads of them were 200 and all their brethren were at their commandment and all their brethren were at their commandment. Brother Larry, would you pray? Yes. Yes. Amen and amen. Thank you, Brother Larry. Thank you for honoring the Word. Hallelujah. So, I want us to be so excited tonight in our spirits because God is really wanting to reveal some things to us. Now, now... Uh, in Matthew chapter 16, you can make a note of it and you can go read it in your home study time and you can pray and meditate on it. And uh, in Matthew 16, 1 through 3, you have the Pharisees and the Sadducees coming to Jesus and, and they're seeking a sign. And, uh, and, and Jesus, he, he scolds them because uh, he, he tells them, you know, you can look out the window, so to speak, and you can tell what the weather is going to be like, but you cannot discern the very times in the season. You're asking me uh, to show you uh, signs when all the signs that I'm walking and living out, everything I'm doing, I'm revealing the will of the Father. And, and so there they were. They were supposed to be God's people and they had no unction. They had no revelation, no direction of what Jesus was even doing in the earth. And so he kind of scolded them there. And, and so... Uh, hold that in your heart and, let, and let's come back to where we're at right now and let's see that uh, the, the Old Testament type and shadow here David has been promised to be king and uh, uh, he, he's coming into that season that season where Saul uh, has had his 40 year reign and is fixing to come to an end and, and, and so there was a group of people that had the anointing they had the understanding that God was fixing to make a change you and I we can fill in in our spirit there's some things changing. There's some shifting that's taking place in the spirit. And uh, th this tribe of Ishakar, uh, th the name Ishakar fully translated, instead of only transliterated, it means reward. See, there's great reward in following the leadership of the Holy Spirit. There's a great reward of having that unction in your heart, having uh, the knowledge that God's wanting to do some things. And so uh, they had a word, and that word was to command, to direct uh, God's children. Well, you and I tonight, we need to be in the place and the position that we see that God wants to uh, have perfect order within His his very family within his body, if you would, him being the head. But he needs people in places and positions to bring guidance and direction and instruction. And and you and I need to be in the place and understanding that, that if we don't step into that role, uh, somebody that we have an impact, that we have influence, that we have uh, uh, a very, uh, an ability to reach their heart, if we don't do that, we're uh, not fulfilling what God would have us to do and we're hurting those around us. Uh, it's not a prideful thing. It's a, it's a humility thing, rather, to accept the responsibility, amen, to be able to do what God would have us to do. And, and so uh, I, I want us to know that this anointing that was on uh, this, uh, this group of people, it's available for us tonight. See, when God presents an anointing in the earth, the Bible tells us that God changes 
not, right? So when he reveals and he brings forth something uh, into the world, that's his will. That's his plan. And so that anointing is there. There is an anointing that uh, that you and I can read about in the Bible, all through the Bible, that when God brought it forth, he's looking for somebody to pick up the mantle. When Elijah went to heaven, what happened? Elisha picked up the mantle. He picked up the anointing, and the anointing increased a double fold because of his willingness, right, to expect, to trust, to receive, and to do what everything God would have him to do. And, and that's just one example. Over and over, you and I have to believe that. And so tonight we're going to look at some things that will encourage us uh, to, to, to reach out and take what God is wanting us to take. Amen? And, and so, let's just jump back to verse number one now, with that in our hearts. And notice what it said one more time. It says, now these are they that came to David to Ziglag. Ziglag is that place that means winding. Now remember, Ziglag is the place where uh, King David come back with his mighty men, and, and the, uh, 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 the enemy, Amalek, uh, had completely destroyed. Remember? took everything, and it said that David and his mighty men, they wept until they could weep no more. Uh, but what does it say? It said that David encouraged himself in the Lord. Amen. He knew that wasn't God's will and plan, and so God sent him, and David recovered all. All right, so David is a type and a shadow of the real David, Jesus Christ, King David, the Lord of Lords, the King of Kings. And so we've got to see that we're coming in the season when Jesus Christ is ready to take his place in the earth. Amen. He's ready to rule and reign, and he does that through his church. And so here, this what this chapter is about. It's about the, 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 the people who decided they're going to join uh, David in the natural, which is a type and a picture of you and I join. David, Jesus, in the spiritual to help set up his kingdom. So to set up his kingdom, we've got to have an anointing. We've got to have the Holy Spirit to empower us. Now, I want you to be excited about some things uh, because every one of us, were fighting uh, uh, a good fight of faith. That's the only battle we're fighting. We're fighting the good fight of faith, but here's how we can do it by the word. It says that while he kept himself close because of Saul, the son of Kish, and they were among uh, the mighty men, helpers of the war. So, in other words, they, they knew that David was supposed to be king, and they were going to help him. They were going to put all their energy, all their focus, all their finance, all their strength, all their ability, uh, and help him step into that rightful place. That's what you and I are doing right now. We're helping prepare the way for the Lord. We are modern day John the Baptist. We're decreasing that the Lord may increase. Amen. And we're depending upon the anointing, the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And, and, and so I, I want you to see some things here. Notice what it said, though. The Bible is so exciting. It's so powerful. It lists Saul. But it doesn't just list Saul, the one who is coming against David. It says that he's the son of Kish. He's the son of the bow. Now, so you and I tonight, we're, we're meeting the devil on many different areas, many different ways. But hold that thought in your mind, and let's go to verse number 2. This is what the anointing does in your life. This is how the anointing draws people into your life and how you're drawn into other people's life to be a blessing. Come on, to be used by God. Look what it says in verse number 2. The men that were helping establish David as king, they were armed with... <laughs> 
Saul is trying to kill David. He's son of Kish. He's the son of the bow. And so God brings people to David to establish him. Notice, they were armed with bows and they could use both the right hand and the left hand. They could use both equally. They were ambidextrous. Come on, every time the devil comes against you in one form or fashion, God says, laugh, laugh, rejoice, because he may come at you one direction, but I can cover him in both directions. Amen? So the enemy is coming against David to keep him from being king through Saul, and God raises up somebody, a group of 30 men, who can use both hands equally in the battle. Come on, God, I'll let you use my right hand. I'll let you use my left hand. Come on, God, you can use me in any form or fashion you want to, because it's not in my natural ability. It's in the anointing of the Holy Spirit that I can do all things. Amen? Now notice, notice what it says. It says, in hurling stones and shooting arrows out of a bow. Now notice the last part. Even of Saul's brethren of Benjamin. Saul's own family is turning against him and they're turning to Jesus. Come on. In other words, everyone that once was following after the enemy, come on, because of the anointing. Because of coming into the time and the season. Come on, we're coming into a time and a season of revival. We're coming into a time and a season of bringing the lost in, of bringing the prodigals back. How's it going to happen? It's going to happen because God's church has an anointing. They're willing to put Jesus in the top, utmost, number one spot. Amen? And they're willing to trust that the anointing will come on them, that no matter what the enemy's trying to do to stop Jesus from being in the throne of people's hearts sitting on the very throne of their life, you and I, we can be used by God to destroy that and dismantle what the enemy is building up. Amen? Amen. Come on, this is the season. This is the time. This is the opportunity because Pentecost is coming. The outpouring of, a new outpouring of the Holy Spirit to reach the latter day people. There's a, there, there's a former rain, there's a latter rain. God's going to pour it out in the last days both at once. Because why? Because we need that to be able to offset what the enemy's doing. Amen? All right. Now, uh, we won't take time to read all of this, but in your home study time, you need to meditate on this and find your place. Find your place in, 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 in where you're at in this season of life um, to be able to do the work in the will of the Father. Amen? Let's take a, just a, a side journey here just for a second. Uh, go with me to Ecclesiastes 3 and 1. Ecclesiastes 3 and 1. One of my favorite chapters as far as instruction. Look at verse number 1. Ecclesiastes 3 and 1. To everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under the heaven. So uh, we've got to see that there's a season and there's a time. Now, uh, you and I, we've got to recognize what season we're in individually, but then we've got to recognize what season we're in corporately as a group of believers. Amen? Because why? Look at verse number 11. Verse number 11, Ecclesiastes 3 and 11, talking about the Lord. He hath made everything beautiful in His time. Now see, that helps us so much. We may be going through a season uh, uh, where it's a dry season. Where we feel like, uh, I can't hear from God, I can't feel God, or whatever it might be. But God said He's made it beautiful in His 
time in His season. There's a reason for it. You may be going through a, 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 a trying time. You may go may be going through a, a, a time of hardship, whatever it might be. But you have to stand back and you have to say, the Lord has a purpose. And so, by the anointing of the Holy Spirit, I'm going to find out what my purpose is in this season. I'm going to let the Lord make it beautiful. It's not going to be for naught. It's going to be for purpose. Notice what he said. He has made everything beautiful in his time. Also, he has set in the world in their heart so that no man can find out the work of the, of the work that God has maketh from the beginning to the end. No man in the natural. You and I, we ain't natural anymore. We're supernatural. Remember, First Corinthians chapter 2. I have not seen, ear hath not heard, has not entered into the heart of man, but what? But the Spirit reveals the will and the plan of God. And, and so, what we're doing tonight, that's First Corinthians chapter 2. First Corinthians chapter 3, the Apostle Paul says that if you're uh, sowing seed, it's new things. But if you're watering seed... Come on, you're going over what you went over before. And so we're not going to hit anything really that you don't know that we haven't went over before. But we need to water it because we want it to grow. Amen? All right. So let's get into that place and that position and let's let that, uh, let's, let's let that be our heart. Now, he said there once again, he said that these men had an understanding of the times to know what Israel ought to do. So right now, is there ever a more important time when the church ought to know what to do? We need to know what to do. We need to know how to come against what the devil's trying to, 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 to raise up. Uh, right now, we're in a, at a time and a season where unlawful laws are being brought up. They're being implemented where wrong is being presented as right. We're in a, in a season where our church... Uh, needs to be strong. I'm not our church, but I mean the church of the living God. Our church that we belong in, in His body, needs to be strong because our children are being indoctrinated. They're they're being lied to. They're being told that what that uh, what is natural is not true. And, and so uh, we're in a time where we need to receive the anointing of the living God to be able to stand strong in love and to be able to open our mouth and not spew out rhetoric, not spew out hate, but spew out love that cannot be disputed. Jesus said in the last days, he said in Luke chapter 21, he said, I'm going to give my children an anointing that when they open their mouth and speak, that even the gainsayers had to put their hand over their mouth. Come on, he's talking about the church. Say, he's talking about me. You're going to be able to speak and lies are going to be dissolved because they're going to be swallowed up in truth. Amen? Okay, so let, let's see some things here that I think that will help us. We have to be in the place and the position tonight that we, uh, we do four things to be able to step into this anointing. And to be able to step in the anointing of the living God, you have to know that what God does for one person, He'll do for all persons. Amen? So, I'm not going to tell you nothing you don't know, but I'm going to water what you know, okay? Let's go to Acts chapter 10 and verse 34. Acts chapter 10, verse 34. Then Peter opened his mouth and he said, Of a truth, I perceive that God is no respecter of persons. He's impartial. No favoritism. So here Peter is. He just, he's, he, uh, he, he sees Cornelius and his household saved. He sees, sees the Gentiles brought into the church. 
And so he perceives, he has an anointing that brings this revelation, this unction to him. That's why we were talking on Wednesday night on our Bible study in the book of Galatians uh, when Paul uh, withstood Peter that Peter had no excuse. He had no excuse because he had inspiration. He had divine revelation and acknowledgement uh, that he... uh, that Jew and Gentile was no more, but we're one new man in Christ Jesus. Um, but anyway, I, w- I, w- I want you to, to, to see that in your mind. So you think, well, God anointed this group of people to establish King David in the Old Testament. And so God, no doubt, has a desire to anoint a group of people to establish Jesus Christ in the New Testament. Right. Amen? Romans 2 and 11. Romans chapter 2. Come on, we're watering our faith. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. Look what Paul, that was from Peter. Here's from Paul. Paul says, For there is no respect of persons with God. No respect, no partiality, no favoritism. So, in other words, I can have... Why do you think that Elijah, uh, he looked at Elisha when Elisha said, I want a double portion of what you got. And Elijah said, Hey... That's a hard thing. It has nothing to do with me. You look to... See, if we'll look to God, only God can give what you're hungry for. Only God can give what I'm hungry for. But He will pour out that anointing. Amen? He will give us what we need to be successful, to move forward, and, and, and to cause the lost to be saved. And even harder than that, to cause the prodigal to turn around. Come on. No, there's, there, there, that's the hardest one to reach because they have been hurt. They have went through so many things where uh, the devil has been able to touch their heart and put rock layer upon layer. And it takes the power of the Holy Ghost to break through all those hard hearts to get into the very center of who they are. Amen? All right, Ephesians 6, 9. Ephesians 6, 9. Uh, I'll read the whole verse, but you concentrate on the last part of the verse. He says, Apostle Paul says to the church at Ephesus, And you masters, do the same thing unto them, forbearing, threatening, knowing that your master also is in heaven, neither is there respect of persons with him. Once again, that the Bible says by two or three witnesses let everything be established. I can give you more. But that, that's enough right there. You, there's three witnesses to the fact that God shows no favoritism, no partiality. So God anointed the sons of Ishakar, the sons of reward, and they were children of reward because they were willing to follow the Spirit of God and to give out what had been given to them. So you and I have got to be in the place to recognize and realize that God wants to give some things to people, but He's got to have a vessel. You've got to be that sanctuary that, uh, that, that Brother Corey was talking about or the first song. That's what this is about, that first song. God changes bad things into good things. He changes the negative into the positive, amen? And how does He do that? He does it through His church. Say, He does it through me, amen? All right, so God is no uh, respecter of person. So you've got to see, I've got to see that if God done it for one, He'll do it for me. And, and if we'll have that mindset, then we're getting into a place where we uh, can build our faith to ask and to receive. Now, with that being said, let's go to Galatians chapter 3. 
And let's see what the Bible says. See, you've got to know who you are because the children of Issachar, they were one of the, the, the children of Abraham. They were uh, one of the 12 tribes of Israel, the 12 tribes of Jacob. And so you've got to see where your role is now. And if you can see that, then you can say, wait a minute, I'm in the right place at the right time. I, I qualify. So look at verse number 7. Galatians 3 and 7. Know ye therefore uh, that they which are of faith, the same are the children of Abraham. How many people of faith have we got here? To, come on. So, because you have believed in the heart and confessed with the mouth, Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior. You are named into the family of God. You are a part of the children of Abraham. Now, part of the children of Abraham means that the curse has been lifted off your life, that the blessing can come upon your life. The, the, the curse was physical death. It was physical sickness and disease. And it was poverty. And so we've got to see that God, how He took care of Abraham, how He blessed him in his household, and how He wants to bless us. How He wants to work in us and through us. Amen? Think about it. Abraham had an anointing where uh, him and he had 318 men that were raised up under that anointing in his household. And those 318 men, they went into the Valley of Kings in Genesis, uh, what is it, uh, 13 or something like that. And they went and they brought Lot, Lot and his family out. How did they do it? They did it by the anointing. They discerned it was the time to move. It was the time to attack. And they went and they recovered all the spoil. Come on, there's spoil out there. And what I mean is, there's people that the devil is looking at and holding on to. And he's showing them off. He's saying, I've got them and I'm taking them to the grave. I'm taking them to hell with me. And it's time that you and I in the church, we stand up and say, no, I recognize the time. I recognize this is the season. I recognize I have the anointing. I'm going to lift up Jesus Christ. I'm going to let him be on the throne of their heart. Because I'm going to give them a message that they cannot deny. Come on, it's in love. It's truth. It has power behind it. Oh, glory. All right. Verse number uh, 8. In the Scripture, uh, foreseeing that God would justify the heathen through faith. Oh, he's talking about me. I, I, I was a heathen. But now I'm justified. Because I believe in Jesus. You're justified tonight because you believe in Jesus. Justified means it's just as if you never, ever sinned. Woo! Oh, glory be to God. So if I'm in that place, in that position where God calls me justified, where He calls you justified, come on, I am in right standing. You're in right standing. I have all boldness to come into the throne of God. He wants us to ask. So I need to be in the place where I see that God gave an anointing to the children of Issachar and He wants to pour out that anointing in these last days. And I qualify because I'm part of the family of God by my faith in Jesus Christ. Come on, I'm in that same place. I'm in that same position. I want Jesus to be enthroned. I want Him to be lifted up. Amen? And so it's here for me. And the Scripture foreseeing that God would justify the heathen through faith preached before the gospel unto Abraham saying, In thee shall all nations, shall all ethnos, shall all Gentiles be blessed. Come on. So if I'm in Him, and I am, and if you're in Him and you are, then we are blessed to be a blessing. We're blessed. 
And that blessing is that there is an anointing on your life that will bring truth where lies are, that will bring light where darkness is, that will bring healing where hurt is, that will bring victory where defeat is. Amen? That's who the church is. We're the church of the living God. We're the church of the Lord Jesus Christ who defeated hell, death, and the grave. Amen? So here we are. We're in this place. We recognize and realize that, that God has no favoritism. We recognize and realize that we qualify for this anointing by faith. So we just need to water our prayer life. So let's, let's go. I've, I've preached on this. You know it. You, you've heard me preach on it many, many times. But I, 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 let's water it. John chapter 14. Now, notice in verse number, we're going to start in verse 13, but verse number 12, Jesus said that the works I do, the church can do. And not only those works, but greater works. So hold that in the context and and, and see uh, the the purpose of the power of prayer. Uh, He says in verse number 13, And whatsoever ye shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. All right. So, uh, the Lord said, I want my church to not only do what I did, but I want them to do it in a greater measure. And and so, if you and I are going to do the works of the Lord, and if we're going to do it in a greater measure, we've got to see that we qualify because of faith. And and because we qualify because of faith, then we've got to be in the place and position where we learn how to ask. See, James 4, 2, the last part of the verse, says that we have not because we... So we need to ask. We need to ask for some things. I want the anointing that fell upon the children of Issachar. I want the anointing that fell on those 30 men uh, that were of the tribe of Benjamin that could battle left hand, right hand, that could be in the place and the position of lifting up King David to be king. Amen? I'm talking about Jesus today. I want to lift up Jesus in every way with my left hand and my right hand. Come on. We need to understand that. See, your left hand has to do with your natural ability. Your right hand has to do with what God is anointing you to do. And when you put your natural and your spiritual together under the anointing, you can do all things through Christ Jesus. We are who God says we are. Not what we feel like, not what we look like to somebody else, but what God says. Amen? And so tonight, I want us to be in the place where we know that we can ask. We can ask. Now, let's now see, when Jesus said this, we've got to rightly divide the word of truth. Jesus said this before He went to the cross. All right. So as he's getting the, 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 his children ready for what was going to happen after he went to the cross, turn to the 16th chapter. The 16th chapter. Uh, John 16, verse number 23. And in that day, the day that you and I are living in right now, the day of the new covenant. Come on. Amen. And in that day, you shall ask me nothing. Because Jesus is now, he's on the right hand of the Father. We, we pray in the name of Jesus. Verily I say unto you, whatsoever you shall ask the Father in my name. Now, that means that Jesus has gave you and I His name. That's the power of attorney. In other words, when you and I learn how to pray, when we learn how to talk to the Father in the name of Jesus, it's just as if Jesus Himself is talking to the Father. That's powerful. Because we're talking about going from talking to God and wondering maybe possibly if God might hear us someday, He might do something to. We know the moment that we speak the word out 
that it's done. Amen? And in that day you shall ask me nothing. Verily, verily, I say unto you, whatsoever you shall ask the Father in my name, He will give it to you. What's His will? He's a giver. Your Father is a good God. He is a giver. He wants to give. But you are required, I am required to ask. So if we don't ask for this anointing, we will not be able to receive the anointing because God, He wants you to have a hunger, a desire for the things of God. And when you show Him that you have that hunger and that desire, He's going to pour you out a... That you cannot... Woo! All right, verse 24. He said, out of the mouth of Jesus, notice this red leather, Hitherto have you asked nothing... In my name, he said, ask. Come on, this is a command. It's not a suggestion. He said, ask, and you shall receive. Any doubt there? You're going to receive, amen? Why? That your joy might be full. See, there's some areas in my life I'm not too joyful. I'm not making a bad confession. I'm wanting you to help me make a correction. Come on, confess your faults one to another that you may be healed, you may be delivered, you may have victory over that situation. I want to have the fullness of joy. Well, I've got to come in the place and the position where I know that I can ask in that name of my advocate. We talked about this morning. Jesus is my lawyer. I ask in that name. He takes it to the judge, my father, God the Father, and he renders the judgment. He speaks out what it is, and what he says is final. Amen? final. And so, uh, God is wanting us to desire the things of God. He's wanting us to desire His gifts. And if we'll get in that mindset and we'll get in that place of expectancy. See, these four steps. You know, the first step is that we we, we realize that God has no favorites. We realize uh, that uh, God is looking for us to ask but we, then we've got to get in this place where we're expecting. When you talk to God, do you really believe that He's hearing you? Yeah. I, I, I thought about... Um, Don and I were watching some of these old tapes of, of when the kids was little. And uh, on one of these tapes uh, was filming, uh, filming uh, the kids. And Donna... Uh, or me, one of us got a phone call, and I, and I was thinking, you know, whoever was talking on the phone at that time, you know, that it, it, one side of that conversation is being recorded, you know, because because they're on that side, and, and so uh, so many times we, we feel like that we're just in a one-sided conversation. Uh, and even though uh, that camera just picked up one side of that conversation, guess what? In heaven, right now, that other side of that conversation can be played. God hears it all and He never forgets unless there's something that we need to cover by the blood. Amen? And then that's a whole different ballgame. But my, 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 my point is that God is a God that is mindful. And He's looking for us. He said for us to put Him in remembrance of what He's promised, of what He said. Amen? And then He'll get in that place where He will do it for us. You believe that? Yes. Oh, I believe it. All right. So let's talk about this expectancy. So we, you know, we've got to ask, but we've got to ask in expectancy. Go with me to Psalm 62. 
Psalm 62, and then we'll get back to the New Testament. But Psalm 62, verse number 5. Uh, this Here's the psalmist David, and he says, My soul... Now, this is important. You and I have got to get in a place and a position where we recognize, like we talked about this morning, the battle is in your mind. Your soul here is your mind, will, and emotions. And, and so... Uh, our, our body is going to always give us trouble until we do what the Apostle Paul said to the church at Rome, Romans 12, uh, 2. We've got to renew our mind. And, and if you'll renew your mind, your soul, it'll come into, uh, it'll bring your body into conformity with the Word of God. And uh, it'll empower you and I to offer our bodies as a living sacrifice. But we, we, we've got to get our soul in a place where it's under the influence of the Holy Spirit that is in our spirit. And so here's what the psalmist David says. He said, because he's done that, my soul waits thou only upon God. Now this word wait, it means to become dumb. Not ignorant, but to become silent. See, sometimes we just need to be still and know that God is God. Amen? And, uh, because I don't know about you, but sometimes I get so caught up that when I'm trying to pray in the name of Jesus, I'm not... See, to pray in the name of Jesus means you're praying in the character and the authority. You're really praying the Word of God. And, and so the devil wants me to be in the place, though, where I'm praying out of my fear. I'm praying out of my struggle. I'm praying out of my situation. And, and so here's what David, David's going through some things if, if, if you uh, look at this. But he said, I, I just steal my very soul and I wait upon God. I, I want to hear what the Lord has to say about the situation, don't you? I, I want Him to hear the words that have anointing on it that I can speak out of my own life that will create His will, His way for that moment. Amen? So He said, My soul wait thou only upon God. Now notice this is the last part of the verse. For my expectation is from Him. Come on. If we're going to expect something, we need to expect it from the Lord, not from the world. Not from ourself, not from a brother or sister, though God may use them. But we know that it's God's source. Amen. He's the ultimate source. So my expectation is from God. So I'm going to shut my mouth. So the, 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 uh, the indication here is, if I'll shut my mouth, if I'll shut my mind off, God's going to talk to me. He, he's going to give me the truth. He's going to give me the words that has the anointing on it that will bring His will, His plan into operation for that moment. Amen? So, so i, I got to see that that, that Ishakar anointing, that it, it, God has no favoritism, that God wants me uh, to be in the place that, that I asked. He wants me to be in the place that, that I know that, that I qualify, and I have to expect it. I have to expect that when I'm walking in the world, that no matter what I'm doing, that if God gives me an opportunity to do His will, His plan, that anointing is going to come upon me. I'm going to discern the time. I'm going to be able to understand this is an opportune moment. This is a moment that has been designated from heaven. And it's going to be a life-changing, a life-altering situation whether I understand it in the natural or not. Amen? See, we've got to learn. Don't let uh, your natural man... Determine what you do or don't do. See, uh, uh, you know, when you need that anointing, that anointing will flow. You, you, you can have the assurance of it. Uh, it it's, it's amazing to me as we trust the Lord more, we're able to trust Him more. As we trust Him more, we're able to 
trust Him more. He becomes more real to us. And, and so uh, all of a sudden, you, you get out of the realm of what you know. See, if I just talk out of what I know, I cannot bless somebody unless I've been in their situation. But if I talk out of what the Holy Spirit knows, because He searches the heart, the situation can always be blessed. Amen? And so I want you to know Jesus uh, said through the Apostle Paul that you're blessed to be a blessing. If we had had time to keep reading there, that's who you are. You're to bring revelation of, uh, of uh, observation from the curse. Amen? All right. So let, let, let's go to um, uh, words of Jesus in closing. Matthew 21. Now, let's read verse 21 first. Um, and Jesus answered and said unto them, this is the deal with the, uh, the, the fig tree, but I, I, want, I want to get it in your heart what's fixing to happen. He said, if you have faith and doubt not, you shall not only do this which was done to the fig tree, but also if you say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea, it shall be done. So, uh, uh, we've got to, the, the church has got to realize that Jesus, He said the works that He did, we could do, and greater works than these. We've got to realize that God wants to show us some unfruitful things in people's lives. This, this fig tree, it, it, it looked good, but there was no fruit on it. There was nothing there. And so, uh, Jesus is wanting us to know that He's going to lead us in the path of people, and they're going to have things in their life that, to them that look so green and so... Uh, like they're flourishing, and he's going to use us uh, to be able to speak the name of Jesus over that situation. Okay, let me, let me put it this way. I, uh, there is a situation where there's somebody, uh, uh, they think that they're being used by the Lord uh, in, in a situation with their family, and they have, the, the devil is using uh, love that they have, and he's using that love to twist uh, the situation, and to keep them out of the will and the plan of God, even though the devil is making them think they're in the plan and the will of God. So what you and I do, uh, we're on this side of this, and we see, by the anointing, we see what's happening. And so we uh, use that name of Jesus, and we speak it over this lie. We speak it over this fig tree, and, and we, we curse it in the name of Jesus. And we say, let the life source... Let the blood of Jesus come upon the root of deception that is operating in this person's life and let it die in Jesus' name. See, that's what Paul did. Paul said, I, I pray that, that uh, the spirit of wisdom and revelation, that the eyes of their understanding would be an enlightened, that they'd know what their hope of their calling is. He prayed that prayer. He decreed that. And when he did, things happened. Well, you and I, we can cause people to come out of unfruitful situations. We can cause people who are being swallowed up in mountains. We can speak to the mountain, the mountain of drug addiction, the mountain of, uh, of materialism, the mountain of fear, of doubt. Whatever the mountain might be that the Lord shows you, you have that anointing. You have that ability, that opportunity to be led by the Lord and to see things change. But you've got to expect it. You, you, and if you want this Ishakar anointing, if you want to be used in these last days before the coming of the Lord, then you've got to have an expectancy. Look at the next verse. Uh, verse 22. And all things, once again, all means, and we need to 
stand strong on that. Amen? And all things whatsoever you shall ask in prayer, believing. Now, what would another word for believing be? Expecting. Expecting. Why would we pray to a God in heaven if we didn't expect Him to move? That would be almost nuts, wouldn't it? And all things whatsoever you shall ask in prayer, believing, ye shall receive. Come on, out of the, this is red letter. This is out of the mouth of Jesus, amen? So what the Lord is wanting to do, He's wanting you to find your place. That's why it's very important that you look at First Chronicles uh, chapter 12. But, but specifically tonight, He's wanting you and I to get in that place where we believe Him for this anointing that brings reward. That's what the sons of Ishakar means. We want to bring reward to people. We want to we want to point them uh, uh, to the fact that Jesus wants to be enthroned on their heart, that they can see that this is the time the Lord is dealing with me. See, the, my my heart aches because there's certain people right now they're going through some things and situations because they missed the opportune time. They missed the moment that God was dealing with them and they let the devil convince them that there would always be another time and another season. And, and we pray that for grace and mercy that that is the case. But and if we don't do what God would have us to do when He's dealing with us, trust me, it's impossible to do it without the anointing. How many times have you, you know, you felt that tug on your heart and, and you wanted to do it, but for whatever reason you didn't do it, and then you tried to do it. Or maybe I just need to talk about myself because I know that's what I've done. I tried to do it and I fell right on my face because there was no anointing there. There was no help there because I was out of season. I was out of step. We've got to be in step with what the Lord wants. Amen? So tonight, do you expect? Do you expect? See, you're, we, we've got to make sure that the, the Holy Spirit is continually circumcising our heart, taking away the heart of stone and putting in a heart that can hear and feel and receive what the Lord would have for us. I, I, I want to close with this thought. I thought about this earlier. Uh, Donnie and Michelle, I'm sure they remember this. This is 20-something years old, but I want to I'm going to use it in closing here. Uh, there's a man named Jack, and uh, he's out on a country road, and he's uh, uh, driving in a very... Uh, desolate place and uh, he runs over something and he has a flat tire and so he, he, he gets out and he uh, opens up the trunk and everything and he realizes oh no my, my spare's flat and, and here I am I've got this, this flat tire and so he's looking all around trying to figure out what to do uh, this is a time before cell phones and so uh, he sees the light way off in the distance and so he starts walking toward that light he cuts across an old cow pasture and and He's thinking about what he's going to say. And so as he's walking towards that light, he starts talking to himself. And he says, you know, it's awful late at night. And this, this person is probably going to be mad when I wake them up. Uh, the, and he said, they're probably going to be so mad that they won't even help me. And he said, you know, that's a sight that somebody has a flat and they need help. And, and somebody has an attitude like that that they don't even want to help them. And so he's working himself all up. And so by the time he gets there and he knocks on the door... The guy opens the door and he just draws back and punches him right in the face. He said, you wouldn't have helped me anyway. And turned around and walked off. You say, that's crazy. But that's what we do. We do it in our own way, in our expectancy. You know, we, we come to God 
and, and we've come to him first on the, as we start coming to him we, we know he's a good God but then the devil and the flesh and all of these things yeah. get involved in there and then we get mad at God when God can't work because we went beyond his word yeah. amen yeah. let's stay in the word let's stay in Jesus amen yeah. hallelujah Father God, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we love you, we honor you. I thank you that you're bringing us into a new season. I thank you for a fresh anointing. I thank you for Pentecost that's coming. I thank you that there is a group of people that you're going to raise up because they're willing to raise up Jesus. They're willing to stand for the truth. They're willing to talk what you speak in secret. They're willing to shout it from the rooftop. Father, right now, Lord, I ask that you touch each one of us. Help us just to get in the place and the position where we can receive this Ishakar anointing. We can discern the times and the season to be able to make sure that you have an opportunity to come on the thrones of people's hearts. Oh, we ask this thing in the name of Jesus. Believing that we receive, let it be. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Would you come and make yourself an altar up here at the front? Or if not, make you an altar at your chair, wherever you feel comfortable. Uh, let's spend some time with the Lord. And uh, I want you to just to look for the mantle. I want you to, in other words, in the Spirit, I want you just to ask in the name of Jesus. And you have to be like, uh, Elisha was with Elijah. He stayed right there in that place, in that position. And he reached down and he picked up that mantle. He picked up that anointing. I want you to believe that by faith, you're going to pick up that anointing tonight. And you're going to leave here and that anointing is going to abide with you until the coming of the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Let it be. Let it be. In Jesus' name.